Welcome to the Supernatural Life Podcast with Chad Gonzalez, a podcast all about helping you connect with God so you can manifest God to the world. Now, here's your host, Chad Gonzalez. Hey friends, this is Chad Gonzalez. I want to welcome you to this episode of the Supernatural Life Podcast. It's our goal to help you connect with God so you can manifest God to your world. We're so very excited about the month of August. We've got some tremendous meetings coming up. Going to be in Mesa, Arizona, the first part of this month. And then we're going to be in Liberty, South Carolina. So if you'd like to join us at one of these meetings, you can very simply go to chadgonzalez.com and you can look up all of the meeting information. We would absolutely love to see you there. We had some great, great meetings in England. It was my first trip back to England in several years because of all of the COVID restrictions, but things are uh, open and things are back to normal, so to speak. And it was just a great, great time of meeting so many of our partners that are there in the UK for the very first time. I'm always so honored and humbled by all of those who have become part of the Dream Team and helping us to take this message of who we are in Christ all around the world and just to see the army that God is building. Uh, there in the United Kingdom. Just awesome to see some of, these one, some of these wonderful people that have joined up with us. Speaking of partners, if you are a partner with Chad Gonzalez Ministries, I just want to say thank you so very much for all of your prayers, your encouragement, and your support. If you'd like to be a partner with us, you can very simply go to chadgonzalez.com and uh, you can just follow the prompts there as far as partners and giving. Uh, you know, we've got several projects that are coming up uh, for this year. One of our big projects this year was the translation of many of our books and videos into Spanish, and that is going along great. Uh, we've already gotten three done already, and we're working on two more. And then we have uh, more of the Healing Academy that's going to be coming out over the next couple of months, and Union University coming out uh, toward the end of the fall. And we've got a brand new book we're going to be starting on, so lots and lots of good stuff coming up. And we're so thrilled to be able to do ministry together with you. Hey, I want to go ahead and get into our message for this month. You know, last month we were talking about healing for the brokenhearted. And there's another piece along with this that I want to touch on, and it is the issue of care. There's a very interesting story, a real story, in Mark chapter 4, verse 35, pretty familiar to a lot of people. It's a story of when. Jesus and the disciples were on the boat, and uh, Jesus spoke to the storm. But I want to start in Mark chapter 4, verse 35, and we're going to start reading right here. On the same day when evening had come, Jesus said to them, Let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. And other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And then Jesus arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? Now, so many times when we read this story, again, this is a real-life story, real people involved, real situation. When we read this story, we're focused on Jesus speaking to the water, speaking to the winds. 
But I want to focus in on a statement that the disciples made. And it's a statement right here in Mark chapter 4, verse 38. They awake Jesus and said, hey, do you not care that we're perishing? Do you not care? How many times have we heard that statement? I hear that statement a lot. Don't you care? Don't you care about what's going on? Don't you see what's, what's going on all around you? Don't you care? You see, I found it interesting that people want you to care. They want you to care because, you know, we're in such a, a curse-dominated society, and unfortunately, you could say a church that is dominated by the curse for the most part. We've grown up around the curse. We're very familiar with the curse. The curse is what's normal to us. And so people are very uh, normalized to care, stress, worry, anxiety. And it's almost like if you're not stressed out about a situation, then you don't really care. I have encountered this so many times in my life where it looks like the situation is bad and it may be bad. And I've had people look at me and see me calm, see me at peace about it and say, what's wrong with you? Don't you care what's going on? The issue is this. I refuse to care. I refuse to care about opinions about me. I refuse to care about what the finances may look like in a situation. I refuse to care about what a doctor report may say. I refuse to care about anything that's associated with the curse. I refuse to care. Why? Because I must make a choice every single day to protect my peace. You need to wake up in the morning and choose to protect your peace. And anytime a stressful situation tries to arise, you need to choose to protect your peace. Why is that? Because Satan is after your peace. If he has your peace, then he has you. How is that so? Well, can you really say that you're in faith about a situation if you're not in peace? It's actually very impossible because if you're in faith about a situation, then you're going to be at joy and you're going to be at peace. You're going to have joy coming out of your heart. You're going to have peace coming out of your heart. You're going to have a smile on your face and your heart is going to be at rest. Why? Because you know the situation. You know it's already taken care of. You see, how can I be more than a conqueror in Christ and yet care? Have stress, worry, anxiety about a situation. How can God always leave me in triumph in Christ, but I'm still caring and still concerned? You see, you have to understand that Satan, he wants you to care. He wants you to care. He wants you to be concerned. He wants you to be anxious. And people just don't understand how you can sit in a situation that looks dire and yet just be at peace. But this was a situation with Jesus. I mean, I like the fact that the Bible tells us that the waves are beating into the boat. The boat is filling up with water, and yet Jesus is asleep. And they wake him up, and the first thing they say is, hey, don't you care? We're dying. But see, friends, this is the issue. When you are the carrier of peace, why would you care? Why would you be concerned? If you are a carrier of peace, 
if you have the ability within you to change the situation, if you have the victor on the inside of you, if you have the authority of Jesus at your disposal, why would you care? If you know God has your back, why would you care? If you know you always win, why would you care? You see, people want you to care. Because if you don't care, if you're not looking like them, acting like them, well, it makes them look at themselves and say, what's wrong with me? People don't like that. You see, the friends, the thing is this. Satan wants you to care. Why? Because if he can get you to care, then he can take away your fruit. He can keep you from producing fruit. And that is the issue that we see right here in the parable of the sower. Now, remember, if you're looking at your Bible, the parable of the sower is Mark chapter 4. And this takes place right before they go out and go onto the water. Now, let me remind you about the parable of the sower. In Mark chapter 4, verse 13, Jesus says, Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all of the parables? The sower sows the word, and these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. See, Satan is coming after the word. He does not want the word to be produced in your life. Verse 16, these likewise are the ones sown on stony ground, who when they hear the word, immediately they receive it with gladness, but they have no root in themselves, and so they endure only for a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Now these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word, but notice this, and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things enter in, choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. But these are the ones sown on the good ground. They hear the word, accept it. They bear fruit, some 30, some 60, and some hundredfold. See, God is interested in you producing fruit. Jesus is interested in you producing fruit. How are you going to produce fruit? Well, you hear the word, you receive it, and then you hold on to it. You allow it to produce in your life. But what is Satan interested in? He is interested in you not producing fruit. And what is one of the major ways in which he keeps you from producing fruit? He brings cares. He wants you to care. He wants you to care about the things of this world. He wants you to, to care and be concerned and anxious and stressed and fearful, heartbroken, grieving. Why? Because it is these things that chokes the word out of your life. And as a result, you don't produce fruit. You see, Jesus tells this parable and then he explains it to them. And then after he talks more about the kingdom of God, later on that day, they get into the boat to go cross over to the other side. And this situation arises, a storm. And they look at Jesus and say, hey, don't you care? Don't you care? See, the purpose of the trials, the tribulations, all of these things that come against us, all of these tests that come against us, and they're certainly not coming from God. You know, for all those people that think God's testing you, well, you just need to read your Bible because what the Bible tells us in James very clearly and blatantly and bluntly, God is not the one that's testing and tempting you. Okay, so let's just get that out of the way. God's not testing you. He's not tempting you. God is not the one who brought the storm here to the disciples and Jesus. You know, these things are coming from Satan. Why is he bringing these things? Because he's trying to get you to care. He's trying to get your focus off of Jesus 
and on to the problem. See, as long as your focus is on Jesus, there's, there's peace. There's no cares. But as soon as your eye gets onto the storm, as soon as your eyes, your, your focus, your imaginations get onto the storms of life, the situations, the circumstances, then that's when you begin to care. Kind of like the story of Peter walking on the water. As long as he had his eyes on Jesus, there's peace and there's fruit being produced. But as soon as he got his eyes onto the storm, or you could say the cares of the world, what happened? No fruit was being produced anymore. It was bloop, bloop, bloop. My boy started going down under the water. Why? Because he started to care. Satan wants you to care, but you have to make a choice. You are going to protect your peace. Why? Because you have to be at peace if you're going to be in faith. Don't tell me you're in faith and yet you're stressed out. Don't tell me you're in faith and yet uh, you're going bonkers in your mind and your emotions. It just doesn't work like that. You can't sit there and say you're in faith and yet you're stressed out. You can't sit there and say you're in faith and yet you're depressed. It just doesn't work. Romans chapter 15 and verse 13 says this, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, that you would abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. See, again, right here, here's two gauges of your faith. If you're really in faith about something, there's going to be joy and there's going to be peace in your believing. You see, Satan doesn't want you to have peace. Why? Because if you are not in peace, you are caring. If you are caring, you are not going to produce fruit. Now, there's a very interesting passage of Scripture in 1 Peter. You've all probably heard this one statement, 1 Peter chapter 5, and in verse 7, it says, Cast all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. Have you ever heard that verse before? Probably, if I, if I remember right, the very first verse I learned when I was growing up as a kid and in children's church. I specifically remember memorizing that scripture. Cast all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. Something we should do, we cast our cares upon the Lord. But I want you to notice it in context of what is said. Verse 6 says, Therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he would exalt you in due time, casting all of your cares upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Now this takes on a whole other, whole other situation, like seriousness of this deal. Notice this, in context, casting all of your cares upon him. So number one, if, if you want God to exalt you, you're going to have to live a life free of cares. Notice, Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. You could say it like this. If you are someone who is full of care, you are someone who is full of pride. I know that's a strong statement, but it's right here in Scripture. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, casting all of your care upon Him. You see, to walk around full of care is to walk around full of pride. Why? Because when you walk around full of care, you have made yourself God in your life. You have made yourself your provider, your healer, your sustainer, your deliverer, your redeemer. You have made yourself God. When you walk around full of care, you are walking around full of pride. And when you are full of pride, God cannot exalt you. 
God cannot lift you up. So a person of true humility is a person who is carefree. Isn't that interesting? And yet also, when you go further with it, verse 8, it says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Who is the person that Satan can devour? The person who is full of cares. The person who is full of pride. This is the person whom Satan can devour. In other words, you could say it like this. Satan is seeking those who are full of care. And those who are full of care are those that will be devoured. Those who are full of care are those who will not be exalted. Those who are full of care are those who will not produce fruit. Man. Now that makes you think twice about being full of care, full of stress, worry, fear, anxiety, sorrow, grief. Why? Again, you can't be exalted by doing these things. You're full of pride by doing these things. And Satan's going to kick your butt by doing these things. See, Satan wants you to care. How does he get you to care? He's going to bring trials, tests, temptations. He's going to bring thoughts, ideas, and suggestions that tell you it's not going to work, that you're going to die. You're going to get this disease, that disease. And he's also going to use people to come your way, just like those disciples of Jesus. They look at Jesus. The boat's filling with water there, Mark. Mark chapter 4, the boat's filling with water. Winds and waves are big. Jesus is at peace. So what does the devil do? He stirs up cares within the disciples. And Jesus is at peace, but the disciples come up to him and say, hey, don't you care? And friend, I'm telling you, when you make the decision to protect your peace, you're going to find people that are going to come up to you being used by the devil and not even realize it and try to get you to care. Going to try to get you to care, get stressed, get worried, get anxious, get fearful about the situation. Why? Because Satan needs you to care that he can take you out. But you have to refuse. I mean, you have to refuse to fear, refuse to be anxious. You need to refuse to care. Now, I'm not talking about our compassion toward people or anything like that. But I'm talking about this fact of you need to refuse to be full of anxiety and stress and fear and cares about the situations, about the money, about the disease, the pandemic, the problems. Don't do it. Why? It will take you out. I'm telling you, firsthand knowledge, experience, this junk, it will take you out. And Satan is doing everything and anything he can to take you out. But the fact of the matter is he can't do anything to you because he's already defeated. And we as Christians, those who are united with Christ, we're the ones who have authority. We are the masters. Satan is a slave. But the moment you begin to care, the moment you begin to get anxious, worried, stressed, fearful, sorrowful, grieving, the moment you step into that, the moment you step into that is the moment 
that you hand your authority over to Satan. And the slave now becomes the master. And I just refuse to allow the victory that Jesus won for me to be thrown off to the side and just be stomped and trampled on because I just decided to give in and begin to care. No, if you keep your eyes on Jesus, you'll stay at peace. Keep your eyes on the word, you'll stay at peace. Come on. I mean, it's just flat out scripture. You keep your eyes on him. You keep your mind stayed on him. And what? Peace. Peace, 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 peace. Those who keep their mind stayed on him. I'm telling you, it will produce peace. If you want to protect your peace, you're going to have to protect your thoughts, your imaginations. You know, even Peter, he talks about this. Paul talks about this. Paul talks about this in Philippians chapter 4. He said, don't be anxious. Verse 6, don't be anxious about anything, about nothing. See, that means you can be going through the greatest storm of your life and still be at peace. You could go through the greatest storm of your life and not have a care. Isn't that amazing? He said, don't be anxious about anything, but let your requests be made known unto God with thanksgiving. And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding, Mount Garden garrison around your heart and mind. But then he goes on to say this. If anything's true, worthy, lovely, good report, think on these things. In other words, if you want verse 7, the peace of God, you have to do verse 6. Refuse to care. And let these things, let your requests be made known unto God. In other words, cast your cares upon the Lord. And if you want to maintain your peace, you're going to have to do verse 8. Keep your mind on these things. Set your mind on these things. Whatever's good, lovely, true. Keep your mind on the word. So no matter what you're going through, protect your peace. Make a choice to protect your peace. Give the situation over to God and keep your mind stayed on him. Stayed on the truths of the word of God. Keep your peace. You keep your peace, you'll keep your victory. Keep your peace and you will produce fruit. Well, friend, I trust that helped you. That got me fired up thinking about some things and just the wonderful truths and realities of the Word of God. Isn't God so good? I'm so thankful that God is good to Chad. I say it all the time, but I mean it. It's the truth, and I see it happening more and more and more in my life. I've just accepted the reality. Not only is God good, God is good to Chad. And you need to apply that in your life, too, that God is good to you. And you need to make that a part of your daily confession. But not just a part of your daily confession. Make that a part of your belief. Your belief system. Your life. That God is good to you. Hey, if you are a partner with us again, thank you so very much for all that you do. We could not do what we're doing without you. And we're so excited to see all of the wonderful people all around the world that God is bringing to join this wonderful team and accomplish so many of the wonderful projects he's been bringing our way. We're so thankful to be a part of what is happening and this last great move of God on the earth. And we're so excited that you are with us. Again, if you'd like to be a partner with us, you can very simply go to chadgonzalez.com. And uh, hey, check out the store. We've got a lot of new products on there, books and eBooks and audio books. Got some t-shirts and lots of other merchandise, cool stuff that's coming out and uh, more stuff uh, over the next few months. So God bless you, my friend. Again, thanks for checking out the Supernatural Life podcast. If you haven't subscribed to that or our YouTube channel, 
please do that. Uh, we'd love to make sure that you get all the content that's coming your way. Have a wonderful day, a great month. Remember in Christ, we always win. We'll talk to you next month for another episode of the Supernatural Life Podcast.